The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray break down AEW Dynamite from last night and we get you ready for the Great American Bash on Sunday with Shawn Michaels right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, there's a lot to talk about from last night. There's some good, as you like to say, some good, some bad, and some ugly from the show last night. Uh, go ahead. Let me ask you then right off the bat, and let's let's keep this short. Give me a good. Uh, Orange Cassidy and A.R. Give, Fox. Give me a bad. The continuity of the show. Okay, and, and give me an ugly. Ugly is what's going on with the women's division right now. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's an honest assessment. Yes. And, you know, listen, uh, Bully, what we do here on Busted Open is, I guess the best way to describe it is constructive criticism. And I feel oh, no. like and I feel like last night's show is something that we can do just that. And, you know, we'll praise what we thought was good and then things that we didn't understand or didn't understand why, we'll talk about it with the nation and then some of the things that they can do better with we're definitely going to talk about that. And I don't know. Do you want to do you want to talk about the women's division now or do you want to wait till 923? I will talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, I just got the joke. <laughs> but here's the thing, Dave. <laughs> I just got the joke, but I didn't get the joke last night. Like a bunch of people had thrown up tweets saying, oh, it's 923. It's time yeah. for the women or like the dreaded 923 spot. This is this has been going over my head. So can you please smarten me up and smarten that, the nation up that might not realize what not the 923 significance is? Uh, yes. Uh, so it seems like on Dynamite, the women's match usually falls in that, you know, second segment of the second hour, right around 923. As a matter of fact, last night it wasn't 923, Bully. It was 922 is when the match started between Taya and Dr. Britt Baker. But... You know, listen, one of the complaints I had about Monday Night Raw for years, not so much now over the last year, but what did we used to talk about with Raw? Very formulaic. You can almost, you know, set your watch by certain things. It feels like right now uh, with the women's division, you can kind of set your watch. And it, 
what happens when you do that and what what the problem is with that bully is that if it becomes very very predictable then you know what your audience is going to be conditioned for something and that's the last thing you want you don't want predictability you don't want your audience to be conditioned to certain things you want to surprise you want to change it up you want it meaningful so when you have a match at that certain time at the same time each and every week it feels like you're just going through the motions and that's not what you want to do with the aew women's division right now okay let's look at it from a different perspective let's say that the women's match is going to the ring at 9 23 because in that quarter hour the women are actually doing a good rating let's look at it from a positive point of view for a second uh, right. what no no i mean listen again as wrestling fans what do we usually have before the main event we usually have like a little bit of a buffer and i feel like a lot of fans feel like the women in aew are becoming a buffer before you get to that main event segment on dynamite i was looking more forward to Britt baker versus taya valkyrie than the main event i because agree the with main, you on that because the main event i knew was just going to be a you know a car crash there are a bunch of guys in the main event that I really don't, I'm not emotionally invested in. So I was thinking to myself, wow, Britt versus Taya, this is going to be a good one. So I was more interested in that match. So I, my point was, yeah, we can talk about this 923 time. And he, Tony puts the women on at 923, but maybe that's actually working for them in some way, shape or form. I'm, I'm desperately trying to look at this from a positive Let's forget about when he puts it on. What did you think of the match? Well, uh, before we get to that, Bully, I understand what you're saying. As a matter of fact, on the Monday show here, Mark and I spoke a lot about this match that we were going to see last night between Taya and Dr. Britt Baker because Mark brought up what happened at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this past Friday between Athena and Willow Nightingale. They killed it. As a matter of fact, it was the first time that a women's match main evented a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. That happened with Willow Nightingale and Athena. For what it's worth, uh, we are, Dave Meltzer gave it a five-star rating for what that's worth. So, and well, and well you, you, know, you roll your eyes, but in that world of AEW and Ring of Honor, Dave Meltzer's word you know, means something is, is a little uh, so, bit. So, so wait, Athena and Willow Nightingale got a five-star rating from Dave Meltzer, but Dave Meltzer has never given Kurt Angle a five-star rating? Again, um, let's move on. Uh, yeah, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. That's not to you. Okay. Uh, so, again, the, the point is, Bully, is the match was great. And it was a great main event. So Mark was like, listen, on collision, they make the announcement we're going to get Taya and Dr. Britt Baker. W listen, this is a chance for the women to be highlighted on Dynamite, for them to kill it, and let's get people talking positive about the women's division in AEW again. This is a perfect opportunity. Now, to your point, let's do something a little different. Instead of putting it at 922, listen, Bully, Taya and Dr. Britt Baker could certainly be uh, the main event of dynamite right why absolutely not put it, why not put it in the main event or you know what you always talk about detroit rock city why not open up dynamite with taya and dr Britt baker do something a little bit differently than just putting it in that normal 
women's division spotlight. And again, it's kind of like the blood situation with Moxley. You know, you talked about when you bleed all the time, it, it loses its effect. When everybody knows, all right, this is the time for the women, it loses a little bit of the effect. The biggest thing, Bully, and I, again, I don't know why they did it. It's, it's very, very interesting to me. Had to be a mistake, I would hope. But when Taya and Dr. Britt Baker were done and that match was over, they were scanning the crowd. And there was a, a fan in the crowd. I don't know if you talked about this yesterday with a sign that said, book the women's division better. Now, not only did they keep the camera on that sign, they actually zoomed into the fan that was holding that sign. I, I Like, wow. Like, you know, you have all this talk and people talking about the women's division. And let's face it, Bully, right or wrong, you know, women's division in AEW has been getting knocked, which is, I think, a, a little unfair because I think it is talented. But it is being talked about. It is being tweeted about. People have been saying, book the women's division better. Look, at in the WWE, there was the same hashtag years ago. And what did it do? It led to the WWE's women's revolution and evolution. I'm hoping that maybe we go the same course here in AEW at some point. The the showing of the sign in the crowd and staying on it too long, to me, was a production issue and an error. But there seems to be a lot of production issues and errors within AEW. They have major audio errors going on at times. Past couple of weeks, I struggle to hear the announcers. They also have errors with the cameras picking up things that the cameras shouldn't be picking up and exposing some of the business. So I'm not shocked that the camera shot stayed on that sign just a little bit too long. And as I said last night on on, uh, Busted Open After Dark, I agree with the person holding that sign. I think that AEW can do a much better job booking the women's division with the talent that they have, that they have there. There are a lot of, let's not even call it a lot. There are a handful of women there who are strong performers. Tony Storm is your AEW Women's Champion right now. I would like to see her featured on the A show at least three out of the four weeks a month. I'd like to see more of Tony Storm. We definitely, Tony Storm seemed like she was put on the back burner even when she was the interim champion the first time. Well, that, but, but Bully, just to stop you because you're, you're on to something that's 100% true. What did we hear the whole time when it was Thunder Rosa was injured? She was the champion. She was still the champion. They made Tony Storm the interim champion, right? All the talk about why well, she's not getting her due. She's not getting her respect. Like, you know, let's put some respect on this championship. Like, Thunder needs to give up her world championship so the spotlight is more on Tony Storm. Well, you know, now that's in the back. You know, that's in the, that's in the rearview mirror. Obviously, we've had changes with the championship since then. Thunder Rosa is fighting her way back. She's no longer a champion. Tony Storm is your AEW Women's World Champion. Where is she? I don't see her on TV, Bully. Where is she? I didn't see her in a match last night. I didn't see her in a match last week. Um, I mean, now she's your women's champion. The interim title has been dropped. She's won that championship fair and square. She is your world champion. She was featured more on TV when she was the interim champion 
than now when she's your AEW Women's World Champion. Right or wrong? 1,000%. 1,000%. As far as the match is concerned last night, I spoke about this on After Dark. I had a caller buzz, buzz me last night. He's like, Bully, that match was awful. That match was horrible. And I think that that's a little too harsh. Was the match good? The girls weren't hitting on all cylinders last night. It was an off night for Britt and for Taya. Their chemistry was not there a significant amount of time during the match. But I was scratching my head. And I was saying to myself, how can a pro like Britt Baker and a pro like Taya, who've both been around the block once or twice in a wrestling ring, not have good chemistry together? Because I'll put them in the top five of the all of the women in AEW. Can we agree on that? Um, Britt, yes. Uh, Taya, I, I, it's close. But yeah, let's just go with it. Sure. Fair enough. Okay, you might not uh, think the same way I do. But like I said, I was excited for this match. And then I saw a match that sometimes was there, sometimes was not. So now the wrestler brain kicks in. And wrestler brain tells me this. Both women were trying to get their shit in and outshine each other too much. As much as they tried to work together last night, they were working for themselves and they weren't working for the best interest of the match. There were too many things going on. There were mistakes made that led me to believe that they probably could have been more on the same page before they got out there than they were when they were out there. I would venture to say that this match was snake bit behind the curtain and much before it got out there into the middle of the ring. Does that make sense to you? It does, yes. And that, and you're the only person that can have that kind of perspective because, like you said, Bully, this is wrestler's brain. That's not what most fans are thinking when they were watching that match last night. What if I were to tell you that both women, in their own way, shape, or form, are quote-unquote difficult to work with? I mean, I, I don't know that to be a fact, but you would know better than me. You see, difficult comes in many different shapes and forms in pro wrestling. Difficult can be Britt has a vision of the match. Taya has a vision of the match. And they might not agree with one another on the vision of the match. So they just go out there and do what they plan to do. And try to outshine each other each one of them knowing that they don't get a lot of TV time and thus want to take the spotlight instead of sharing the spotlight and dancing and working together. There's a variety of different things that could have went wrong with this match with Britt and Taya. And there's not one person out there listening to me right now that can tell me I'm wrong because as you said, as wrestlers, we see things that fans cannot see. And we already know what goes on backstage in discussions about the match. So this one, I if I had to have bet a dollar beforehand, 
I would have said, this is going to be a really good match because I've seen Britt Baker have really good matches on her own. Mm-hmm. Are you shaking your head no? No, no, no. Yes. And I've no, seen Taya Va- Valkyrie have really good matches on her own. Absolutely. I mean, listen, both Britt Baker and Taya are stars, right? I mean, like you said, you talk about the top women wrestlers in the world of pro wrestling. Britt Baker's name is going to be thrown out there. Taya's name is going to be thrown out there. I know last night was the first time that they've ever met in the ring together. So, you know, chemistry was definitely off. But I get I, I listen, I I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but you know, to me, Britt Baker is would you say Britt Baker is the biggest star in the women's division? Britt Baker is by far the biggest star that they have right now in the women's division. And the only person that I can see challenging her for that right now is when Thunder Rosa returns. Agreed. Now, to me, you got to start building up some of these other women in the, in the division. Like, I'm not saying that Dr. Britt Baker needed to take the loss last night, but, you know, you bring in Taya, you got to start having Taya have some significant storylines or some significant victories to build her up. Like, you know, we saw Britt Baker last night win and beat Taya. We saw Britt Baker in a squash match last week. You know, like we've seen Britt Baker obviously do a lot of big things. To me, you got to start building up the rest of this women's division to at at least get close to where Britt Baker is on this ladder of success in the AEW women's division. Right now, it feels like to me you have Dr. Britt Baker and then there's a huge gap before you start getting to some of the other women that's a part of this roster right now. Uh, I I would agree with you. Across the board with the women, AEW needs to improve. I mean, the match last night went poorly, so poorly at one time that they abruptly went to break with picture and picture. Normally, we hear... um, uh, Excalibur say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with more exciting action, yada, yada. And right now we go to picture in picture. He didn't even say that. There was a, a moment where Taya went for a move on Brit. It got a little wonky. It got screwed up. And then Taya flipped Brit over and she was giving her elbows, uh, elbows to the side of the head, which again, the camera angles on that weren't the perfect camera angles. And then they just abruptly cut away to picture in picture that told me a lot about what was going on in that ring last night it would be interesting if i got to sit down with brit and taya and listen to both sides of their story about how that was you know worked out last night or what really went wrong but that sign at the end of the night was indicative of a bigger problem i don't know why aew doesn't invest more time in their women And the only person who can tell you that is the guy that runs the is, joint is, is Tony Khan. Uh, I agree with you that like they, they need thunder back in the worst way. And again, this is where bully, we talked about this, that all access show and everything else. When you're talking about the out of the ring drama and the real life drama of a situation, then the fans are going to want to see that played out. You also, when you air the dirty laundry, you also, have what you're going, what's going on with CM Punk right now, where you divide your audience. 
Now, with CM Punk, it doesn't really matter because as long as people are reacting, they're reacting, and that's what's happening on Saturdays with Collision. But you do have where people are going to say, what's going on? What's happening? They start to doubt you know, people and everything, and that's the last thing you want from your fan base. So when Thunder comes back, Bully, when Thunder Rosa does come back into the ring, I would think that the entire AEW audience right away is going to want to see her either, one, go after the women's title that she had never lost or go in, immediately into a feud with Dr. Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa should provide a shot of adrenaline to that women's division because they need it. Thunder Rosa has charisma. Thunder Rosa has that something special. The people are behind Thunder. And because she never lost it, she should be thrust right back into the title picture. Now, Thunder might turn around and go, "Uh, uh, uh. I'm going to have a couple of matches first to prove my worth here in AEW and earn my way back to the top spot. But as you said, Punk was allowed right back in. And the Punk Thunder Rosa uh, scenarios run parallel with Punk getting the majority of the TV time to tell the story and Thunder Rosa getting a minimal amount of TV time to tell the story. Punk was able to come right back and get a title shot, right? Yes. That's exactly what Thunder can get. You, you talked about continuity as one of the bads on the show last night. I asked you about your good, your bad, your ugly. Your bad was continuity. There's no reason. And give Thunder some TV time. Give, Lord knows that ratings-wise, you're not going to hurt yourself by giving Thunder a microphone and some TV time. Let's get Britt Baker and Thunder back in a ring together. Let's get a little bit of Dave. I'm going to cut that thought off for a second. If not dynamite, if not dynamite, then where? If 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 AEW is not going to invest TV time in the women on dynamite, where should they be featured more? Collision on Saturdays. Okay. Does that make up for? not giving them enough TV time on dynamite. I mean, if you're if you're going to feature the women and more storylines around the women on collision, then I think it's a little bit more forgivable on dynamite because again, you know, you only have one AEW Women's Champion, you know, there's not these multiple champions. So, I, you know, you still need to have a women's match on dynamite, but if at least if you're there's some story there, then I think it's a little bit more forgivable for sure. What's the main story right now in the women's division in AEW? I I don't have an answer for you. I mean, it was so, it, 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 we, right. I mean, am, am I missing something? If I, if I'm missing something, I don't know. I mean, it was the outcast, but it seems like that story has kind of faded and died off. Um, so with all the women there, with all the talent there, we we can't even off the top of our heads go. Oh well, this is the A story in the women's division. Either one of us. Now, I'm sure the AEW diehards will chime in on social media and go, oh, no, guys, this is the A story because this, 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 and that. Well, if there was an A story with the women's division, people in the crowd wouldn't be holding up signs saying, book the women's division better. Yeah, and that's what happened last night. And again, the talent is there. 
Bully, there was a time where you said that Britt Baker could be the face of AEW. Dave, I am a massive Britt Baker fan because of what I've seen her do, especially with what she's done with Thunder Rosa. I'm a massive Thunder Rosa fan because of what I saw her do with Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker has personality. I think she has the it factor. She always looks good. She's got good timing. I like her promos. I like her in-ring work. I like the fact that she's willing to go out there and do anything that the guys will do. Blah, blah, blah. Can't put her over anymore to the moon. And I think her husband is super hot. Handsome. Right? Face of the place at one time. Handsome. Let's let let's let's get something to let's get her involved with something. Why? Well, and, and I felt if like you, if you signed thirty women, if you signed thirty women just because you needed to sign thirty women, so you could have everybody on your roster, which Lord knows there's too many fucking people on that roster to begin with. Well, I don't know if that's a problem now because you do have it, another show on. Saturday it's a problem, Dave. It's a problem. There's too many people on the roster. I understand you have three shows, but you have all these women, such a small handful, get featured at times. Well, if that's the best you can do, do a better job of featuring them. You Last get, night was... I'm sorry. You get, no com- you get no complaint from me on that one. I agree. And I feel like they missed the boat with Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter was the women's champion. Bully, Monster you know- over. She was monster over. I think everybody was waiting for Britt to turn on Jamie Hayter. That would have been an amazing story. They didn't pull the trigger. Unfortunately, Jamie Hayter is injured right now and she's out. But imagine how big that story would have been. You know, you Thunder Thunder Rose is out. She's out with an injury. You have Jamie Hayter. You had lightning in a bottle with Jamie Hayter. And unfortunately, you were never really able to do anything with that. She was champion, but she was with Britt Baker. And we talked about it on this show. I feel like Britt Baker kind of stole a little bit of Jamie Hayter's thunder because, they, you know, Jamie Hayter was side by side. I think you wanted to see that split. Now, would that have eventually happened? I don't know because... I, I can't see Jamie Hayter getting any bigger than she was about a year ago now. Um, unfortunately, she's out. Then he had the outcast storyline. But, you know, we didn't see a lot of Soraya in the ring. Um, it was very one-sided. Like, that that story never really got off because I feel like they only scratched the surface. They didn't really go in deep because we, ta- we talked about this should be the AEW homegrown against those outsiders. And there was a there was a story there that could have went really deep, but I feel like they only scratched the surface. It didn't go in deep, but it kind of faded off. So right now, there isn't really a story with the women that the AEW fan base can sink their teeth into right now. Dave, I totally agree. And you talked about having the lightning in the bottle with Jamie Hayter. I think that AEW has had that with the men also. I know there's I know there's a def, uh, a dedicated women's division in AEW. There's not like a big man's division. There's never been a big man's division, but we do know that big men are not featured in AEW and when they are featured it's sporadically. And they had lightning in a bottle with Wardlow also. Yes. Two homegrown t- 
<clears throat> excuse me, talents. Jamie Hayter, who is over organically. Wardlow, over organically. Where are they? What are they doing? What's going on? This is why being a good booker is a lot different than being a good matchmaker. Being a booker gives you the ability to tell stories, long-term stories, short-term stories, whatever it is, stories that get a lot of people involved. A matchmaker just takes two names that looks good on paper who the matchmaker thinks will have a good wrestling match. That's easy to do. Oh, this guy versus this guy in a wrestling match where the people will chant, this is awesome. That doesn't take much talent. Being a good to great booker, that's where the talent is. And I think that's the learning curve that's coming up. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. 
Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Jack Perry took another step forward last night. I thought he did a really, really strong job, um, both in what he said and the way he presented himself. He was wearing orange and black and wearing orange and black in front of Taz is as bad as spitting in Taz's face, dragging the FTW championship behind him. Oh, I wonder where you got that idea from. You're dragging the FTW championship right in front of Taz, which is like kicking him in the nuts. Yes. And then you go in there and you bury the championship and say, it means nothing. It only means something to Taz. And then you're bur- he basically starts to bury ECW without saying ECW's name. That's, that's where I would, I would have loved to have hit, heard Jack Perry bury ECW and all of Taz's scumbag friends that come with it. And then Jerry Lynn came out. Now, I don't know if we're going to get Jerry Lynn versus Jack Perry. I did like the idea of Jerry Lynn standing up for ECW and telling Jack Perry, if it wasn't for ECW, you wouldn't be here right now. Let's face it. If it wasn't for ECW, a lot of shit in pro wrestling wouldn't be uh, around right now, um, including AEW. Um, But I thought Jack did a fine job. My only tiny, tiny critique was you don't have to keep looking at the crowd. They were already booing him pretty loud, Dave. They were on him. You don't have to keep looking at them to tell them to boo more. Just say the right things and they will boo more. I enjoyed the entire segment. I really did. And, you know, we talked about it last week with Tommy. uh, And I and I said, bully on the show, I said that that um, that he should be Jack Perry should be like Naito. You know, when he won the Intercontinental Championship in New Japan, where he, he would come out and just drag it on the ground. That's pretty much what Jack Perry did last night. And I love how Tony Schiavone introduced him as a champion. And he was like, wait a second, this championship doesn't mean anything to me. There's only one championship that means anything to me. This is not a real championship. I love that. I loved it. And I love the fact that he kind of put himself over like the only the only reason why people are referring to this as a championship is because I have this championship right now. And then quickly he turned right around to Taz and said, you know, none of your scumbag friends when they held this, it didn't mean anything. I thought he did a wonderful job. And you're right, it's the small things. It's the it's the black and orange, the black t-shirt and the orange shorts. It was man, I I thought that was and I sh- and honestly, I should have said this when he asked me about the good and the bad and the ugly cuz that was definitely one of the good things from Dynamite last night. I thought that the Jack Perry segment was the best thing on Dynamite last night. Strong. Interesting. Yeah. Good continuation of the story. Good way to Jack Perry to present himself. The dragging of the belt, like you said, the words that were said, Jerry Lynn coming out, 
step by step, week by week. Now, do we think or would you like to see Jerry Lynn versus Jack Perry if Jerry can have a match? If he can have a match, yes. You? Would you like to see them if they if they go down the ECW road, which I don't think they should, because this is more about the FTW championship and Hook and Taz than it is about ECW as a whole. If not Jerry Lynn, who's the perfect person for a guy like Jack Perry? To step into the ring with him in this story? Yes. Outside of, outside of Taz. Taz can't do it. Taz definitively cannot wrestle. Who? Who is the perfect person to stand up for the honor of ECW? If they go down that road, is it Jerry Lynn or is it somebody else to bring in for a day? I mean, Bully, I, I mean, I don't mean to blow smoke, but I would love to see you there because obviously we... I wasn't going down that road. Recently. I appreciate that. And they couldn't handle me over there. I'd fucking destroy Jack Perry and he'd be never heard from again. So please, they could never, ever handle that, that level of what I bring to the table. So who, think, who would you like, if they went down this road, who would you like to see? The quintessential ECW babyface, Tommy dreamer, Tommy dreamer. Ah, that's him trying to put on his belt. Well, I mean, if they go down this route, and by the way, Bully, you said that you wouldn't want to see it. I kind of do because you can build up Jack Perry in the process. If Jack Perry and Jerry Lynn step into the ring together, Jack Perry's going to beat Jerry Lynn. If Jack Perry goes into the ring with Tommy Dreamer, Jack Perry's going to beat Tommy Dreamer. It's all about him finally getting back to hook. So, I mean, you could have a long-term story where he has that FTW championship, which did mean something to ECW fans, and him just dest- or try to destroy the legacy of ECW. Taz had two best friends in ECW. Do you know who they were? Who? Tommy Dreamer and Bubba Ray Dudley. Those are the only two people that I could see coming in from the outside standing up for Taz, maybe Rob Van Dam, but all of these guys that would be brought in would have to be there to make Jack Perry look good. With a case like myself, that would require me to be a baby face. And I could be the biggest baby face of all time. If I guarantee that I'm going to put Jack Perry through a table. And the story can play out and work. But I think Tommy is the number one guy. Well, I mean, like, uh, let's let's look at it this way, Bully. But then the story becomes about ECW and not about the FTW championship. So that's kind of where I'm... Are you, are you get, seeing that or are you not I, seeing I it? I get it. But again, for me, they go hand... at The FTW championship and ECW kind of go hand in hand. You know, it doesn't matter if it was Brian Cage or Ricky Starks holding that FTW championship. When I think of that FTW championship, championship, I think of ECW. Now, the only two real ECW wrestlers that held that championship was Taz and Sabu. 
Didn't uh, Bam Bam have it also for a hot second or not? I don't, I don't think so. I, okay. I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think so. I think it was just Taz. I think it was just Taz and Sabu. Okay. But, um, but like, Bully, when you show up at, as much as you are a heel, right? When you show up at the ECW arena, you get nothing but cheers. Doesn't matter what you do or who you do it to. That that is holy ground. I I think it's the same thing when if you're coming to the aid of that logo of ECW, you're gonna get cheered. If if the story went down the ECW road and I ever showed up in the right town, Philly, New York, Boston, to defend the honor of ECW. Again, and and guarantee that I was putting Jack Perry through a table. There's monster business to be done there. And let me assure you something. And I'm not. This is not me blowing smoke up my own ass. No, I mean this is. Hold on. What I'm about to say is a fact. Is a fact that I'd bet my life on. If you announced that Bully Ray or even Tommy Dreamer to that to, to that to the matter was showing up on AEW Dynamite on whatever week it was and was announced ahead of time to to come face-to-face and to confront Jack Perry, you're doing over a million viewers. Okay. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. We'll see. I mean, if if you're going to go down that road, there are a select few wrestlers, Bully, that you automatically think of when you think of ECW. Is Jerry Lynn that guy? I mean, obviously Jerry Lynn's a part of AEW, but he's not that guy that like when I see like when I think of ECW, I think of Jerry Lynn. When I think of ECW, I think of I think of Sandman, Rob Van Dam, Taz, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, right? The Dudleys. The Dudleys. Fair to say? Absolutely. But if you're looking for a baby, I mean, Tommy, Tommy fits the the part the best. Because he's a, Tommy, he's a baby face through and through. Through and through. Eat, sleep, the whole nine yards. ECW was there until the very last show until it died. He was, him and Taz were the bestest of best friends. Tommy was Taz's best man at his wedding. The story is so, so deep. It's there. If you want to go down the ECW road. And if you do go down that ECW road, you will make Jack Perry a bigger star at the end of this story than you can with any other talent that's in AEW right now. And I, and I got to tell you this, imagine bully. It's Tommy, right? Tommy dreamer comes out to defend ECW. Imagine hearing man in the box, because if there's one guy that could get man in the box to be played on TV, it's Tony Khan. Imagine what that arena would be like if Jack Perry's in the middle of that ring and you hit man in the box and Tommy comes on that entrance. That fucking place would explode. 1,000%. 1,000%. But that would take... What's the word I'm looking for? 
I think that'd take a good set of guts on on Tony's part to go down that road and bring in those ECW guys. I don't I don't think so, Bully. I mean, we you know don't think Tony, it takes guts to do. I I think I think it would be for him because you just talked about the fantasy booking and Tony Khan is such an uber wrestling fan that he kind of plays those scenarios out on TV. Tony Khan is the ultimate ECW fan. He fell in love with pro wrestling because of ECW. He would go with his father to the ECW arena. So to me, I would think Tony Khan would love to put over one of his youngest wrestlers on his roster to the moon by involving the legends and heroes that he fell in love with in ECW and have that play out on his television show. And and honestly, it's the right thing to do. It would work. It would it would put Jack Perry over to the moon. Why not? Why not? Ab- Hell, absolute no brainer. We heard an ECW. Imagine- we heard. Wait, really quick. We heard an ECW chant last night, right in Albany. Remember, remember. Listen, remember the conversation we were having on Tuesday about ECW chants in Philadelphia during yes. WrestleMania. That's yes. the power of the ECW chant. You can take this. You can take this story so many steps farther if you farther if you decide to go down the ECW road. Could you imagine Jack Perry beating Tommy Dreamer in the ring? And then afterwards taking the FTW championship and beating the shit out of Tommy Dreamer. Oh. And then all of a sudden, enter Sandman plays. And here comes the Sandman. And he's about to destroy Jack Perry. And he swings at Jack. And Jack moves. And Jack kicks Sandman in the balls and starts to cane the Sandman to death. Sandman's already halfway there anyway. Well, maybe it's too far off, but in less than two months, in September, they're going to be at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. No brainer. Imagine what that reaction would be like if Tommy Dreamer came out there in front of 22,000 fans at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. What that reaction would be if you played man in the box. And Dave... This is for the AEW diehard fan who might be listening right now and going, oh, my God, this is so stupid. It'll never work. All of these old guys, blah, 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 who might be poo-pooing this entire idea. There are no three guys who understand what it would take to get Jack Perry to the next level, like Taz, Tommy Dreamer, and myself. Three months with the three of us, or whatever it is, Jack Perry becomes your top, top heel. And that's next and again. level heel. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports, NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app the legendary Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. Sir, how are you? And thank you for the time today. 
I'm doing great. And obviously, thank you guys very much. As I said before, you know, you guys are always wonderful to us, helping us out. So um, appreciate it. Thrilled to be here. And obviously, we're very excited here in NXT uh, about the Great American Bash this Sunday. And, you know, we just spoke to Wesley. And, you know, it, it's really um, every single time we have NXT talent on this show, Sean, about just what they say about being a sponge and learning and always having that open mind. And like Wesley said, even when the time comes when he's a veteran on the main roster and been around for 10 years, he's still going to keep his ears open and his mind open to learn from this business. As a teacher yourself, Sean, you must love hearing that from every performer that's on this NXT roster right now. For sure. Well, and again, as Ray, you know, Billy Ray can tell you, look, we, you know, we're in this business, we feel like we never stop learning because it continues to grow and evolve and, you know, change. Television is, you know, is, you know, is a fluid landscape. And uh, certainly the WWE, as you know, you know, they're always trying to stay ahead of the curve. So, look, I'm, I'm learning now every day in a new position. Um, and so that was one of the great things that I just, I don't know, I loved about the industry is that, is that constant change and evolution. And that's what kept the job exciting. So look, I, I, uh, I get really giddy down here because you're talking about the very beginning and everybody will tell you uh, as far as uh, NXT is concerned. And certainly for me, that's why I love this environment because this is where it's still pure. You know what I mean? And this is where it's still at the beginning and it's fun. It's that ground level. And certainly when you get, you know, guys, that come in like, you know, Wesley and Tyler Bate and, uh, you know, Mustafa Ali, where, again, they're a little bit, they're obviously farther down the road. Um, but, again, if you're a guy that's been around for 35, 40 years like I have, um, there's still, you know, a great deal of learning that, you know, they can glean from people like myself. And, obviously, when we have the Finn Balors come in, uh, Damian Priest and other main event, uh, main roster talent come in, there's stuff they can learn from them. So again, it's a that's that's what I love about NXT and being here at the performance centers. That's what it is. It is a teaching environment, and it's never standing still. Uh, Sean, it's obvious that you love what you are doing down there with the NXT talent and and bringing up and training and coaching the next generation of WWE superstars. Lore, I just said before we had you on, if I had the opportunity to learn from somebody at this stage of the game, I would want to pick your brain 24 hours a day. But does it ever get overwhelming for you to have so much younger talent constantly asking you questions and for help? Does it ever get, does it ever become too much wrestling for you? Well, I, I'll say this. I I'm, I feel like I've got a really good balance in my life now. So I will say that it doesn't. Now, now the part where I do feel pressure is, again, giving my feeling. You know, I still, I feel like I performed at a high level on a regular basis, and I'm very proud of what I, what I did. But, it, you know, as you know, the business does continue to change. So I don't ever want, I don't ever want, my what I'm saying or my advice uh, to feel like it's the gospel, you know what I mean? Like it's the only way, and that's something that I feel like I'm decent about is always you know keeping an open mind. And again, I go back to why one of the reasons I love being down here is because one, we get to experiment. We can try new things. We can try versions of old things. We can try 
you know, a mix of this talent and my talents ideas um, and see where it goes. And that's one of the things, again, that I always tell the talent is we're, yes, we can learn from the past and we take all of that in, but we're also looking for what is that next horizon? You know, uh, what is that next wave of wrestling uh, and WWE influence from a, you know what I mean? From a, a worldly standpoint and a global standpoint. So again, I want to always push the envelope as much as we can, but as we know that on, you know, and that edge has changed quite a bit. So how do we adapt to that as we continue to, you know, to see how we want to go about the future? So again, look, I, I enjoy it, but I, I, you know, so I guess that's, you know, not a real simple answer. I very much enjoy it, but I've got a really good balance that, you know, I can disconnect every now and then when I go home. Well, you talked about the next generation at the great American bash on Sunday. We're going to see the debut of Gable Stevenson against Baron Corbin. Talk about him and how it's been like to mold him before his big match coming up on Sunday. Well, look, I've, I've only had a short amount of encounters with him. Um, but I will say that one of the things again, that you can uh, see right away, uh, you know, he is such a premier athlete. He's very confident. He's very confident uh, in his, in his ability, you know, and he's honestly in his line of work, uh, you know, he almost doesn't have to try that hard to be as good as he is. It comes that natural to him. Now we're very curious to see how he adapts to what we do. Cause as you guys know, it's, it's very different. Um, but so, but again, I think he's got a great foundation. He's going to be in there with a great guy. Uh, but we're excited about the finally getting to pull the trigger on it. I mean, it's something that I went ahead and I don't know. It's it's something he's been here. He's been training. Um, I think he's a real goal oriented individual. So I, you know, I, you know, a few months ago, obviously, I asked, "Hey, can we just can we move on him?" And and you know, I was given the green light. And so now again, we're we're very excited to see what he brings to the table. I mean, he is obviously a big name. Um, a brand name and in a, in a, certainly in a different space, but uh, we are hoping that again, that he adapts, to, you know, we're hoping that he adapts much like a Kurt Angle adapted to this. And I think he certainly has that ability. Um, but again, he's filling big shoes, as you know. Um, and that's something again, that I think he takes seriously and uh, look, he's going to learn to sink or swim uh, this Sunday, great American bash. And speaking of the bash and matches that you're looking forward to, obviously you just mentioned Gable Stevenson and Corbin, uh, Wesley, Mustafa Ali, and Dom Mysterio. What else sticks out to you? I'm sure you're looking forward to everything, but what intrigues you? What other match intrigues you going into the bash? Well, it's the main event uh, for the NXT Championship, uh, Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. And the reason that one does is because, again, I think everybody understands Ilya, his intensity, his passion, his style. I don't know that Carmelo Hayes, I want to see how he adapts to that because, you know, Ilya's going to smack him out of the air at some point. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to drag him, as they say, into deep waters. And I'm curious to see how he adapts to that. Again, it's a different, Ilya can do a lot. He brings a bit of that old school uh, grinding, uh, you know, uh, style and I don't think Melo has really been in that the people he's been in there with I think he's felt like he's better than um and and I think Ilya is a whole different animal he's been doing it longer he's got a style that I think Ilya, uh Melo has never seen so that's one 
obviously I'm looking forward to. And I look, and I, you know, I'll say also uh, the tag team titles, uh, you know, Tony D'Angelo and Stax going up against Gallus. I just look, I, I, I'll say this. I just love the family. You know what I mean? I think Tony and uh, Stax are fantastic. Uh, Tony D is uh, one of the most entertaining guys we have. And look, they're going out there against some no-nonsense guys like, you know, like the Gallus boys. Uh, they're extremely talented. I don't think they get the recognition often that they deserve. Um, but again, that's also going to be sort of a mix of styles as well. You know what I mean? Bringing some of that, you know, Euro uh, taste, you know, to a style that Tony and Stax have not seen. Sean, what I've been loving about NXT lately is not exactly what's been going on inside the ring, but outside the ring. And that is what we've seen with Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport with some of this video footage. And, you know, you're somebody who is a master of the ring, one of the greatest performers of all time. But you've done a good job with NXT of mixing a lot of new school elements into NXT, especially with the production. Uh, How do you feel it's been going with NXT right now? Very good. Look, I feel like we're on a very good roll. Um, Obviously, look, and I'll say that we're very happy. Again, I do my best to uh, stay focused and and not get too high on the highs or too low on the lows. But we've got a great deal of momentum right now. You know, overall, our ratings are up 22%, you know, uh, overall. Uh, And certainly in those demos, those coveted demos that everybody speaks about we're up you know probably on an average of about 50 percent and so again we're very excited about that but honestly you know i i love doing this i love all the different stuff about our show that we can do i guess i want i i want to bring back like i've mentioned to you guys numerous times again wwe again and and when it was fun and it was enjoyable and you had something for everybody i think NXT is a real variety show. You're going to get your decent, good, long technical matches, but you're also going to have, you know, a knockdown, drag out, weapons, wild match. Like we're going to have Sunday, a great American bash between Roxanne and Blair Davenport. Um, and again, having, you know, having a little, uh, uh, you know, pier six brawl as Jim, you know, Jim Ross would say, or at the convenience store is something that, again, I used to enjoy that. Uh, very much about the different elements that we brought back in the attitude era and uh, and certainly things that I you know felt like Southwest championship wrestling brought to the table. And so um, at NXT, we do that. We've got some humor. We've got some fun. We've got some entertainment. We've got serious matches and look, we're going to have those bangers uh, all the time. And so I like the variety, honestly, uh, that NXT brings. And I think we found a really good balance here as of late. Uh, I feel like we've had a very nice groove. We've got nice synergy with the main roster. And again, things are, things are going really well uh, overall for NXT as a, as a, as a brand altogether. Uh, Sean, we were talking to Wesley and he was talking about how solid the locker room was in the ring, outside of the ring, how the locker room, the talent genuinely want to see each one succeed and steal the show every once in a while though you might get a talent in there with a different type of personality a unique personality a difficult personality how does Shawn Michaels deal with a younger talent who might have a difficult personality uh in this day talking to him honestly I mean I I I, as you know um clearly I'm the guy with you know Heck, it's been a long time, 
but it's still, I'm still a dude that can't escape his past. And, and you know what I mean? I mean, people will still talk about me like stuff I did 25 years ago happened yesterday. Um, so, but again, I have, I have walked in their shoes. I have made darn near every mistake there is. So I try to bring, uh, you know, a great deal of mercy, uh, second chances, um, but also accountability at the same time, helping them understand, as you know, Bully, again, this business is not the same. The world is not the same. Um, and, though, you know, a lot of things that used to fly in the past will not fly today, and they shouldn't. Um, and that's the thing. Some people coming in here have to understand that we are going to expect you, whether you're 21 or 41, uh, to be professional and act like an adult. Um, but again, I certainly, I do my best to talk to them and and do everything I can to help them through it. Uh, it is something, again, and you know, Wes is a, a great example. I've become very close to that young man because again, there's, you know, he has worked so hard for us, but he's been through an awful lot on a, on a, from a personal standpoint. Um, and I always do everything that I can to let him know that you know, he can reach out to me anytime. So staying available to the talent as well. Uh, we also have here at the Performance Center, which I'm thrilled about, we have a number of other uh, professional accesses uh, that these young men and women can take. Um, you know, Matt Bloom just does a fantastic job from a coaching standpoint, but we really do try to run uh, a big family environment here. We do try to be there for each other. A lot of these people that come in the door now are college athletes. They're used to the team aspect. Um, and as you said, that's something that we've really done a good job of creating around here. And it's a culture that Hunter set in place over a decade ago. So, Sean, let me give you somebody specific, a Tiffany Stratton. Too much chip on the shoulder or just enough chip on the shoulder? And how does she survive on the main roster if she gets the call tomorrow? Well, look, I, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I like her chip. Look, every now and then it can be like, oh, you know, but, but, but she is, look, she's, she's so very talented. And look, I'll say this, as you know, you bring that into the main roster, life and this business, Bully Ray, as you know, it will adjust you one way or another. It'll happen. Um, so again, you do your best to prepare them Um but again, I will say this, I, 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 I like her a bunch. I think she's got a great deal of ability. Yes, she is confident. Um, but at the same time, there's another side of her, again, that is a hungry, passionate young lady that really wants to do well at this. And look, I, I don't know, I, I, I really focus on that. And I do know, again, I'll say this also, I don't know what it's like, honestly, uh, to be a woman in this environment. I know that the competition now, I think, the women uh, of the WWE are the best in the world right now, I think. And I think that women's division continues to grow and to only get better. So all these young ladies that are coming through NXT are going to have big shoes to fill. Um, and again, the ladies up on the main roster, as you know, they are grown as women. And they are not just going to hand their spot over to you. You're going to have to pry it from their cold, dead hands. And so, again, that humbling uh, and that attitude is going to get taken care of one way or another. You know, somebody who not too long ago was a part of the NXT roster and maybe one of the hottest names in pro wrestling right now, and that's L.A. Knight. Uh, did you see this happening? Because it's got to be great for somebody who was, who was here, 
left, came back, went through NXT, and is now one of the hottest properties on the main roster. Yeah, thrilled for him. And again, look, I'll say this: uh, I you know, you know, he is uh, he's a guy again that is very unique. Again, people will I don't know they'll bust his chops for one thing or another. You know, I don't know. He was great for us. At, uh, I you know, and he's. I, I don't want to divulge more than I probably should, I guess, but he's a guy that, again, he's one of those guys that thinks about it a lot. You know what I mean? And uh, it gives it a lot of thought and you wouldn't, I don't know. He seems so calm and reserved and cool on the surface, but he's a guy, when you talk to him in private, he's very passionate about this and he wants to know everything. And, you know, is this going okay? Is that going okay? I can remember when he started, we could see that, look, they like you. We're going to start moving you in that direction and of course, he was very worried. My goodness, I haven't, haven't had a good heel run yet. And, uh, and I was trying to explain to him, like, oh, buddy, they they like it. We're just, gonna, I don't I don't think that's a good idea for us to go ahead and fight that. Let's just go ahead and roll with it. You, you know, one's as, one's as good as the other. And, and look, if, if you sort of get over as a baby face, heck, when you turn, it'll be that much more heat. So, um, look, I am not surprised by it. He's somebody, again, that... Um, when he was here, I, I, I'll i say this. I enjoyed him. I liked it. He's a grown man. I thought he was going to be a perfect fit for the main roster. Um, and and look, there, there were times when we were having difficulty down here when it wasn't always um, maybe my call on some things uh, that I had to go to bat for some people and really had to make sure that you know, I impressed on them, like, my goodness, you don't want to sleep on these people. You don't want to lose these people. Um, you know, let's let's keep them around. Trust me on this. Uh, I'm very thankful that they did um, because, again, L.A. Knight's a guy that is enjoying that right now. And, again, I think the WWE Universe is enjoying L.A. Knight right now. And, and again, he's somebody that I think has got a great future. And I'm, I'm excited for him and I'm, and I'm happy for him. Sean, just uh, to elaborate on that a little bit more, has there ever been a talent in NXT that you felt so passionately about where maybe Hunter was not seeing it? I'm trying, uh, I, I don't think so. Now I say, I'll say this. I'm trying to think if there was anybody. I would imagine that you guys share yeah. the same brain being friends, being part yeah. of, you know, everything together. You're probably seeing 99% of the talent through the same set of eyes, but has there ever been somebody or a story or a promo or a match where you guys just at this stage of the game, see things from uh, two completely different points of view. So I'll say, I don't think it's a great question too, by the way, because uh, I got to say, because that's why it's challenging for me to answer, but because we are, almost aligned all the time, 99.9% of the time. And, and I, so I, I don't think there's anything where we're just completely different. We There are just times where he's going to be a lot more serious on things. He's going to be, you know, again, he will do more of the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more levity sometimes. I, I like a mix of some humor and some entertainment where he's a bit more legitimizing and wanting more seriousness and a bit more old school. So those are, I think the only areas will sometimes differentiate. Um, Cause for, you know, again, it's like, you know, he likes, you know, that's why the game was very, uh, you know, very serious. And the only time he could kind of lighten up is when he was DX with me. Um, and so again, I feel like that's the only area. And those are usually just, you know, small times here and there. We're all saying maybe let's go for an entertaining laugh and he'll want to keep it serious. Those are the only areas, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, 
but that's but other than that, I don't think we've ever been on two, you know, diametrically opposed positions, at least not yet anyway. Sean, I want to thank you for the time. I know it's a busy week for you because this is a big show coming up on Sunday again. Out in Texas, you know, the home of Roxanne Perez. Again, another in front of another great live audience. The Great American Bash streaming live on Peacock. Premium live event for NXT on Sunday night. Sean, thank you so much. We look forward to watching it on Sunday and then Bully and I talking about it on Monday. Appreciate the time today. Yeah, thank you guys as well. Again, all my best to you guys, and always thanks for helping us out. Take care. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.